Welcome to the Magnum Report. I'm your host, Mark Magnum, and today my topic is going to be why AEW ratings are not growing and some of the reasons why I feel they're not growing. So let's just get right into it. My first of the five that I've got for today is their start-stop pushes that they have, or their their how they do how they did Wardlow, how they've done people like Action Andretti, where one minute they're going over on Chris Jericho, and then you don't see him for weeks. And just some of those things that are going on in AEW, a lot of the stuff that's going on is not, I don't, I feel that it's not cohesive enough. You, one minute, you know, you're pushing Jungle Boy and the next minute you're not. Now he's a heel. And it seems like there's a lot of no direction in AEW. And I know a lot of people on here are going to sit there and say, I'm trying to bash AEW or I don't like AEW or, you know, I'm carrying water for WWE or anything like that. I'm sure that's what some of the people are going to say in the comments. Say what you want. I don't care. I've been, I've, I've done wrestling for 12 years. I, I, I know what I'm talking about and I know what I'm seeing out there. And I know that some of the things that they're doing to push guys, it's not working. I mean, you had a point where Wardlow was so over. And after he beat MJF, now what's he doing? Exactly. Nothing. And it's meaningless stuff. And it's stuff that I feel is not beneficial at all to any of the guys involved. I mean, you've got some of these veterans like Chris Jericho where, yes, he did put Action Andretti over. And that's great. And it would have worked if they would have kept using him more. And it's just a shame that with the opportunity that this company has, they've had four years now and it seems like Tony Khan still hasn't figured out the book. And I don't think he's reaching out enough to try to get better knowledge of that. I think he thinks he knows what he's doing and to a certain extent. Yes, he does know what he's doing enough to be able to keep the business model going. But when you get to that point where, okay, We've gotten to a certain points ratings wise. We've hit that million mark. They've hit it several times, but now they're in that 700 and some odd thousand to 800 and some odd thousand a week on average. And that dips and drops and goes up and down each week, but they really don't consistently go over a million viewers since the beginning of the show. Yeah. Sometimes they hotshot book a show and they get decent ratings or they've got a, you know, a name on there or a Tyson or a shack or something on there that pops a good rating. Great. But consistently, week to week, because I know if we're going to sit there and I know there's going to be people bashing me about what I'm saying about AEW on the flip side of that, when WWE's ratings were down and they were still over a million, people were bashing them for that. Granted, they were at a whole higher level when they were in the Attitude Era when they had over 8 million people watching. But in the years that have gone by, they've lost viewers and lost viewers and lost viewers. And lost viewers. And for years, people have given given WWE crap as they should for losing viewers, for losing that interest. And with AEW, they've plateaued. They've hit a certain level and they can't go past that. And why? What What's the reasoning for that? Why is it that they can't seem to be able to go past and consistently hit that 1 million mark? They start off sometimes hot where they've got 900,000 to start. But as the show goes on, hour in, a half hour in, 40 minutes in, 50 minutes in, you know, an hour and a half in, they've lost viewers 
on both shows, on, on, or all three shows, I guess, if you want to still consider Rampage something worth watching. But the two main shows that they have, Collision and Dynamite, I mean, that obviously Collision's never pulled over a million yet. And I guess the jury's going to be still out on that one. But when it comes to Dynamite, they have pulled over a million multiple times. And now it seems like they cannot get over that hump. And another reason I feel like what they're doing is not working and why the ratings aren't getting any better is the women's division. It's terrible. I mean, and this is not something that's so, you know, revolutionary what I'm saying. Everybody's saying this. Everybody's talking about how bad their women's division is. And that's saying something when you watch the other show and the women's division in WWE is not that great either. They've got great talent, just like AEW has great talent. I just don't feel like they're utilizing their women's division like they should, just like in WWE. They're not utilizing the women the way they should. They've got all these women on their roster in WWE, and you only see a third of them. And in AEW, they get one segment the last, you know, 25, 30 minutes of the show or, you know, the last hour of the show. And that's the only segment that they have on the entire show. Yeah, they get backstage segments and stuff. But I'm talking about actual work in the ring. And then when they get out there, there's been plenty of stuff that just does not work, does not look good on camera, is not getting over with the crowd. And the women's division is very lacking in WWE, or in AEW and WWE for that matter. But AEW more specifically is non-existent title changes all the time. It, I mean, the women's title in AEW really doesn't mean that much. They did a decent, uh, you know, a decent amount with Jade Cargill when she was the TNT or whatever, the, the TNT women's champion. That was great what they did with her, but it was obvious she was pretty damn green. And they were trying to get her over despite her greenness. And that, it was great. I like Jade Cargill. I'm not trying to, you know, poo-poo on her or anything. But their women's division is very, very, very lacking. Now, onto another point that I have is too many high spots, not enough storytelling, and they mix way too much Ring of Honor. Because let's be honest, who's really watching Ring of Honor? Uh, maybe 100,000, whoever is actually deciding to go and watch Ring of Honor behind a paywall? Nobody's really watching it, Ring of Honor, but they're trying to mix Ring of Honor into every single show, whether it's Rampage, Dynamite, or Collision. And from my perspective as a person that, yeah, I used to love Ring of Honor 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but the Ring of Honor that was then is not the Ring of Honor we have now. And I'm not, you know, I like some of the talent in Ring of Honor that they have, like Samoa Joe and Claudio and some of the guys they have there. Yeah, they're great. Not even, no, not trying to pass judgment on that. It's just the fact that you're mixing in talent that do they really need to be on AEW? Especially, like I said, nobody's watching Ring of Honor. Nobody. Yeah, they might, you know, get their pay-per-view and that's still a low buy rate. So it, for me, it's like, why are we trying so hard? How about we push the guys that are actually on AEW? I mean, granted, you see that sometimes on WWE where you see somebody from NXT on a main roster show. But it's not nowhere near to the level that AEW does it where, I mean, and between that and all the belts and just, oh my God, it's just so hard to keep up with who's got what when there's 30 belts on the show. It's just 
there's way too much going on, I feel, on AEW. And then my, my next point is going to be this the constant infighting that's going on with CM Punk, Punk, the Bucks, and just the whole situation. Adam Page, Kenny Omega, all the stuff that's now going on backstage with people not being allowed to go on collision, Matt Hardy's and guys like that that are not allowed. Ryan Nemeth, Dolph Ziggler's brother, is not allowed. You're like, my God. Like the, the, the media scrum from a year ago that started all this or that truly started all this. Cause there was a lot of stuff that happened leading into that, but still that this is what truly started. It was the day of media scrum and with punk doing what he did. And it I, obviously it ruffled some, obviously it ruffled some feathers, but what a year later, we're still doing this a year later. We'll still. I mean, especially from CM Punk's side, he's still taking pot shots at these guys. And I know he's apologized for what he said about Hangman Page just a week ago. But have we? can we get over this by now? I mean, I just did a podcast about get over this, just about this exact topic, about how they just need to get over this. Because I don't think this is going to go that well if this continues. Because some hands are going to get thrown again if this keeps going on at the rate it's going. And I think it's turning off some people that, like me, that wanted to give AEW a chance. And it's just this constant infighting, constant. This is what's going on with CM Punk this week. You can't watch if you are somebody that watches YouTube stuff about wrestling and the news shows and you know, what culture or whatever you're always hearing about stuff like this. Wrestle talk, you know, call holic, even Alvarez and them on figure four daily and all that stuff. They're all talking about it. And you can tell just watching them, they're getting tired of talking about it. I'm getting tired of talking about it because I've done two, three different broadcasts about this. And it's just like, are we not adults here? I've said this already. Are we not adults here? Why is it that these guys, and and, 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 and I know there's going to be some people, oh, it's CM Punk's fault. It was the Punk's fault. It's everybody's fault. And then to my last point, the real person's fault that it is, is Tony Khan's. He is not a leader. He is not a boss. He's trying to be friends with everybody and not ruffle feathers, which on some level, that's great. I understand it. And I, I get where he's coming from. But if you're the boss of a major wrestling promotion, sometimes you just have to put your damn foot down and tell them enough. It's either going to be this way or some heads are going to start rolling and I'm going to have to start firing people. Not this, oh, well, I'm going to make a totally different show to keep this guy happy and to keep this group of people happy so we can still work together somewhat, but not have to directly work with each other. It's what, are, what is going on now is my point because we're at this point now with these guys where CM Punk says something. And the Bucks, I'll give them this for right now. They really haven't said anything. It's been more punk since he's came back. And I think he was going to take that first shot when he came back. I think we all expected him to say something when he first came back. And there's people clamoring out there for a possible, you know, Young Bucks and Kenny Omega versus CM Punk and FTR. Give up on that. Give up on that. Because one, I don't think the Bucks are willing to work with CM Punk. Kenny Omega, maybe. Even Adam Page, maybe, but I, I see CM Punk willing to work with him. And obviously with FTR working with them at, you know, this big pay-per-view all in over in London, they're obviously willing to work with, with FTR at least. But 
I don't see that match ever happening. If it does, great, because I know it's going to draw money, and that's the whole point. If you were going to bring Punk back, you should have brought him back willing to do business and for everybody in, involved be, to be willing to do business. Not come back and everybody's still got sour grapes and everybody still feels a, a, a certain type of way or everybody's still got an attitude. If you if you know he's coming back, you're going to have to either get on board, shut up, and move on. Like, you're going to have to do something. Not keep complaining because I, I, I was, at, at some point, I was on Punk's side in the regards of he was frustrated, this and that. The Bucks shouldn't have done what they did at being executives, busting in, all that. But now it's to the point where it's like the Bucks are somewhat quiet about this now. And it's now more on Punk. And it's, like I said, more so on Tony Khan because he's not being a boss and telling people, hey, this is how it's going to be. You're either going to shut up or I'm going to have to start firing people. Now, whether that means that CM Punk's got something on Tony Khan where maybe Tony Khan's afraid that. CM Punk can sue him for his executives attacking him because all Punk did was say some words. It got physical when the Bucks went into his locker room. So there's that. So I don't know if it may be Tony Khan's afraid of litigation to where he feels like he has to acquiesce to what CM Punk wants because now it's just getting out of control. It's out of hand. And I'm just waiting for another news story to come across where these guys have went to war again or somebody's getting fired or whatever the case may be. I don't know. But like I was going to say, comment in the comments about what you guys think. Is this just to the point where it's getting out of control? Kind of like my lights are right behind me. They're starting to get out of control. But give me what you guys think. Like I said, comment in the comments. And before I get off here, please make sure you subscribe to my other channel, the Mark and the Fan Wrestling Podcast, where me and my boy, the Cisco Kid, we talk about all things wrestling from back in the day to present day. We talk about it all. So make sure you check out that and please subscribe and also subscribe to this channel as well. Trying to get to over a thousand subscribers before the end of this year. So help a brother out and hit that subscribe button. But anyway, this was the Magnum Report. Thank you for watching and I'll see you next week.